Welcome to Spoilers Please, where we have discussions involving any form of media that tells stories, usually movies and TV shows, and we will do so with spoilers. You've been warned. Hey, my name is Albert. This is Jami. For this episode, we are going to be talking about uh, an independent movie, because mm-hmm. right now everything is in the middle of the blockbuster season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last blockbuster was uh, Fate of the Furious. And the next blockbuster is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah, so there's a so, two week gap. There's, so two, there's week a two week gap. gap yeah. Two week gap for the, these independent movies to, to kind of sneak in there. Exactly. So this is the best time to talk about this independent movie because it's probably arguably one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, it is Colossal by uh, Nacho Vigalondo. I think is that the name of the director? Mm-hmm. Nacho. Nacho. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm sure it means something more dignified in uh, in in Spain and stuff and like that. So but. far, it's been pretty consistent. There's exactly I think there's exactly one trailer for this movie. Right. I think it's been two. It's been two. Well, According to my YouTube search yesterday, was, I think I saw that, but I could have sworn both both trailers are practically the same. Mm-hmm. There's like some slight differences, but uh, basically the trailer pretty much says, "Oh, Anne Hathaway gets to control this monster and steal right. Korea," mm-hmm. right? And then that's pretty much it, which is very, I think, misleading for a lot of people. Yes. Because, um, I mean, well, how was your experience when you came in? I did not see any of the trailers actually before I watched oh. the movie. Oh, okay. So I actually kind of went in pretty. Pretty clean, I guess. But I knew the premise of the movie. Somebody was talking. I think it was Kevin Smith on some on K Rock was talking about. Oh, it's a it's a it's a movie about a girl that can control. Oh, he did a, mention that. Yeah, he yeah, did yeah, mention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I kind of knew. So that that part of it was spoiled. And he and kept it pretty spoiler free too, right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know it would be such a thing. You know what I mean? I didn't know yeah. it'd be a, so, a serious drama and stuff like that. Yeah. So so, so well, first off, it's yeah. an independent film. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking like, are they going to really pull off this kind of monster movie in mm-hmm. an independent film? So for me, I was like, I was just more like thinking like. Okay, well, it'll be interesting how they're going to hide the monster. Sure. Because that's how all the monster movies have been. Let's hide the monster as much as possible yeah. and eventually show them until King Kong. This last mm-hmm. King Kong movie was like, no, we're going to show the monsters. Fuck so, it. So <laughs> there's the whole second half of the movie. <laughs> it's nothing but monsters. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, but for this one, I'm like, I was interested. I was curious about how they're going to pull this off. And mm-hmm. it looked like also like a kind of like a romantic comedy because mm-hmm. Jesus Sudeikis was there. Yeah. And, and oh, look, they have like witty banters with each other yeah. kind of thing. So. Very misleading. Yes. Right. So going into this movie, I'm like, okay, uh, it's gonna be this, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be so yeah. much more. Yeah. Tell me your experience. It's. It, I mean, uh, uh, let me see. I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. I just saw it yesterday. It's a good movie. I mean, it's a strong movie. I mean, like I said, the tone shifts, the story shifts. I did not see. I didn't see. I didn't see it coming. I enjoyed this movie a lot, though. I enjoyed it, but I don't think I loved it as much as some other people. You know what I mean? Like I don't, me. I'll, yeah, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it in like a top ten list or anything like that. But I think it's a good effort, it's a good try. I think I give it a lot of credit for effort and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's mixing a lot of different genres and stuff like that. It's mixing. Uh, what do you, I don't know if independent movie is a genre, but the, the the tone of it is like an independent movie about sort of alcoholism and all that. It's a very serious subject, but it's also a a, 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 a satire or spoof of. Uh, of romantic comedies because you know this is a small town girl she gets out of her small town go to big city she fails she goes back you think she find romance and stuff like that exactly that's what the first i mean looking looking back on the trailer i saw yesterday i was like oh oh yeah yeah it's they're selling it as a sort of romantic comedy kind of a thing you know what i mean so that's one other thing and then and to its credit it tries to fit in another genre which is a a a kaiji movie i was like hey a for effort for mixing all these different genres and shift tone shifts and stuff like that it's like you know hey you know a for effort I don't know. I don't know if they pulled off 100% completely, but I, m- I have more admiration for the movie than I actually felt like I was immersed and liking the movie. Does that, yeah. does that make sense? This is definitely not a pitch movie. Because mm-hmm. if you pitch this movie to like a big giant studio, they're going to mm-hmm. go, like, ah, it's too complicated. We can't sell yeah. that. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's where there's the whole 
independent film comes in. Mm-hmm. That's the whole, and it's also a low, small budget. I think it's only the cost fifteen, yeah, fifteen yeah. million, which is mm-hmm. pretty small. Right. So, so that's where it also shows too, and it's kind of impressive that they were able to pull off the monster stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And not only that, but there's a giant robot too. Yeah, there's a giant robot. That's that. That's the one I did not ex- expect coming at all. Even though the monster part of it was spoiled for me, uh, she's controlling the monster. Right. But I did not see that coming. Where it's a about uh, 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 the fact that Sudeikis controls uh, a robot. I did not see that coming at all. I was yeah. like, that's really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of really fun moments about that movie and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, now there's a giant robot. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah, despite mixing these kind of different genres, they are true to each genre. You know what I mean? Right. The whole kaiji genre, there is a whole thing. There's a trope where you, the monsters come out and then you realize one monster is actually for your size, suppose, and you kind of root for it and stuff like that. So they have that whole trope. And they have the whole, uh, what do you call it? The whole, uh, what do you call it? they have the whole alcoholism, that whole storyline, all that stuff. All that is true to each genre. And like I said, seeing it mixed together, bouncing off each other, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's good stuff. There's actually another, there's actually another third genre to this, but mm-hmm. um, before I move into that, sure. uh, the, the, when you said you're rooting for the monster, Monster. One of the best scenes in the movie, also one of the most fun scenes in the movie, was when Anne Hathaway was was had, when, they, when they had their first fight yeah. with uh, Jason Sudeikis, mm-hmm. where he was like uh, drunk, trying to like threaten the people of South Korea, right. and she shows up, and he's pretty much telling him like 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 a, almost like a nagging wife, like get yeah. out of here, yeah, you know, kind of thing. And then you can hear everybody because this is like one of those things where everybody's gonna watch this live. Mm-hmm. And you can hear in the, all the residential areas around it, they're cheering yeah, sure, on, right, yeah. they're 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 jeering mm-hmm. at the robot, mm-hmm. and they can hear that, mm-hmm. even though they don't. They, the people watching the TV are not even aware right. it's happening outside their window. For some reason, it reminded me a little mix of reality TV, where you kind of see the more Povich and the two couples fighting and stuff like that. People, <laughs> the crowd cheering in the background. It also, but it also reminded me of a, a video game. You know what I mean? There's right. literally a guy, a third person, looking at the two of them in a what do you call it? In a, a profile, profile uh, action Street Fighter type of thing. You know what I mean? That's true. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit of that too. So it, it's, it's it's a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah, it's a lot of good stuff in it. But mm-hmm. the the third genre I'm referring to is actually the the gender politics. Mm-hmm. The gender politics here is another major factor in the movie that that the trailers definitely try to hide. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Jason said like it starts off like your stereotypical romantic lead. Yeah, you know, and and it's like, oh, he's being so nice to her. Mm-hmm. Oh, clearly there's some attraction here going with, yeah, with him to her. It's clearly one of those scenes where oh. The boyfriend from the big city is all the, the snobby British guy, you know, right. the uptight British guy. Obviously, he's not right for for her. The guy who's from, uh, you know, the small town, he's obviously has a pure heart and stuff like that from America, the rural America, like real America. Yep. Stuff like that. You would think, oh, he must be the the the, the his her, her true love, the down to earth guy, right? Exactly. <laughs> but apparently, he's 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 fucked up. He's, he's fucked. even worse. Yeah, he's even worse. <laughs> he's, he's the worst person. He's a maniac and stuff like that. But you do kind of hint at the in the fact that there's something going. On because obviously she's troubled, right? But then they also hit at a, a deeper um, darkness to it in the sense that she's kind of flirting with a, th- uh, a third guy, right? The, right. The, the younger guy and stuff like that. So this, this, they do hint at something very dark and sinister going on beneath all this stuff. Well, I mean, all, do, yeah. would you consider her Gloria? That's her character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, flirting with the other guy, a dark thing. I mean, she's. I mean, if she's attracted. <laughs> If she's attracted to the guy, I mean, she's more than welcome to flirt with the guy. No, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm talking about that relationship sort of like signals at the, the path where this movie's trajectory is, you know what I mean? As far as going somewhere kind of deeper and more sinister. You know, she's in the sense that she's playing with danger and stuff like that. And also she's also, and also this movie's not going to be a typical sort of like a romantic kind of, romantic comedy yeah. kind of thing, you know, where, well, if, where she's going to end up with uh, Jason Sudeikis. Well, it, you know flips I mean? it, it flips it over its head. Yeah. You know, because in a, th- in a stereotypical romantic comedy, 
uh, everybody always roots for the protagonist to get the guy, to right. get the girl, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And even though they do really stupid things where mm-hmm. in real life they would yeah. probably have like got a restraining order against sure. them, mm-hmm. they'll be like a stalker kind mm-hmm. of thing. And this movie does that. Yeah. You know, Jason Sudeikis uh, is more or less kind of like a stalker. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's almost like the other movie that from last year that failed in its job at, mm-hmm. about that subject matter, which mm-hmm. was which was uh, Passengers. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so this one, uh, he starts off like the good guy, you yeah. know, and then ends up becoming possessive, mm-hmm. uh, obsessive over her. And the the funny thing is, like, the articles I've read, the reviews I've read that talk about like how how they're, they're talking about that subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, if a, a woman watches this movie. They can kind of see it in the very beginning. Right. Oh, he's that nice guy character mm-hmm. who clearly is just using the nice guy as an opening to be even more possessive yeah. of the of and the. And you see him kind of warming his way into her when life. When did you When did you finally notice that something bad was going to happen with the character? Oh, when was it? When was it? I think it was when when she when she knew when after she sleeps with the third guy. It's when uh, she goes to confront the uh, him because she's fucking around with uh, Korea. You know what I mean? And then you can see kind of Sudeikis in his face. That's that, that's as far in. Yeah. For, for me, in. it was when he like blew a gasket when 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 uh, the guy the other friend tried to kiss her. Oh right right okay. Yeah. When that happened, I'm like okay, well, that is off with this guy. Oh really? Okay. And then oddly enough, I mean we're both men here. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Some females. Yeah. When they first noticed it was the very first uh, with the very first encounter. Oh, really? When when they, when he approached her in in okay, when was the scene where he told her that he kept tabs on her? Oh, right. That's pretty. That's pretty. Maybe halfway through, I think, a little bit over. No, half- no, no. It was like somewhere in the beginning. I, I could have swear it was either the uh, car scene or the bar scene. The very first bar scene. Or no, the, car it was scene. the second time she got drunk. It's actually it was close to when she was hired, though. I don't remember the singles, but yeah, it's. I think it, I want to say somewhere in the middle. But for, anyway, go ahead. For, for a lot of females, that's when they notice. Oh, something's off with this guy. Mm-hmm. He's been. They haven't met. They haven't seen each other for like a couple of decades. Right. And he's been keeping tabs on her. Yeah. That's awfully that's suspicious. Kind of, that's kind of creepy. Right? And oddly enough, for me, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Either. You know, so because we don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. It was me looking back on the movie and where I realized the way they kind of layered that character. They put a lot of thought into it in the sense that he wasn't really going for any kind of romantic overtures. You know what I mean? He wasn't trying to kiss the girl or set up these kind of uh, like a cute meet or anything like that. And then the thing is, it's layered correctly in the sense that yeah, his whole thing is not romantic. We're not even sexual and stuff like that. It's really possessive. He's not only possessing her, he's also possessing the, the, uh, two other friends. You know what I mean? Right, there's a, right. There's a scene where, what's his name? Uh, the guy, um, shoot, what's his name? The guy who, not the, not the younger friend, but the older friend. Okay. He, does, he finds out he's a cokehead and stuff like that. Right. And, then he wa- and then they have a huge fight, and the guy wants to say something huge to Vegas, but he wouldn't let him speak and stuff like that. And also the friend, the one that she does sleep with, he, he's like a big pussy. He doesn't fight back at any of this. Yep. So you kind of infer he has something over him as well. Right. And then they layer that. They keep layering this this idea of him hoarding or him collecting friends in the sense that she goes to his she goes she goes to his house right at a certain point. Jason Sudeikis' house, and then you see all these hoarding things. He's like possessing everything. You know what I mean? Right. So you, and then uh, what do you call it? There's a there's a picture of the the fiance all all. Scratched off, out, right? Yeah. So it's not a romantic thing that he feels or his internal struggle. It's really possession, uh, manipulation, and stuff like that of these of of of, of other people in his life. That's it, really good. It's really really it, strong. It could have gone both ways actually, because th- with him like slowly giving her gifts, mm-hmm. like uh, like she didn't even ask for it. He's just like right. slightly giving her gifts, mm-hmm. 
it's something that you would see happen with like stalkers or whatever, right. where, oh, no, look, I'm a nice guy. Look yeah. at me. I'm giving you something. Yeah. But the, the, he's playing the long game. Yeah. Right? So even if it's just a possession aspect, I mean, if he gets like uh, her to be his girlfriend, mm-hmm. score. Yeah. Right? Is, is that kind of a thing. And, and yeah, it is, it's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. <laughs> it's it's pretty dark. dark. It goes somewhere, man. It goes places. Because when you're doing uh, like a kaiju movie, the monster's going to have to fight. And then she he hits her, man. He he goes for it right. and hits her and stuff like and that. Not only that go, but, but he won. Yeah. He won. Like, like you're not in, around. in a typical movie, she will get the upper hand somehow. Yeah. But no, she's down on the ground. Yeah, and the fight's over. It's he a, won. It's a, it's a gut punch, man. It's right. it's pretty dark. It goes places, man. And this this is a good jumping off point where the other analogy, the other thing that they kind of go for in, in this movie is alcoholism and yes. stuff like that. It's really and they kind of they really kind of really kind of go for it, man. People, I mean, my experience with alcohol and all and people around being around people with alcoholism and stuff is people who they do do this, man. They do kind of like what do you call it? They go into blackout things and you know and they wake up the next morning not realizing what they do. And then right. you know, that's an interesting metaphor for that. And then also uh, for the kaiju movies, you know, what I mean? right? The link between these things are interesting and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Because because their drunkenness, their alcoholism in this movie literally mm-hmm. killed people. Yeah, literally killed people. Literally killed people. And in real life, that can all, they also kill people too. Yeah, like yeah. an analogy for uh, drunk driving and stuff like that. And there's also analogies for people who kind of enable and just kind of just let them do their thing, but they kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's all like, that stuff. Like the, the potential boyfriend, or yeah, the, exactly. other, the, uh, the, third, the third wheel, mm-hmm. who like, you know, going, going uh, like, switching with the, with the different social commentary here, mm-hmm. but uh, she sleeps with him mm-hmm. and then you're thinking like, oh, now he's going to be like, he's going to man up. Yeah, like he's gonna protect her, and yeah. that doesn't happen. Doesn't say shit you for, for shit. So the, the, yeah, the whole yeah. enabling thing. He's enabling the bad behavior mm-hmm. by Jason Sudeikis' character, and, and also, in, yeah, and uh, metaphorically, the alcoholism. Yeah, exactly. It's. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of stuff. This sh- this guy's this right. Did he wrote and directed it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did. So a plus for him, like I said, tr- tr- throwing all this story. I mean, these these analogies, algorithms, these story elements, these different genres. A plus effort for him, man. It's yeah. really ballsy. It, 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 I think mentioning that scene now, it just kind of dawned on me in my head right now. The scene after the, the day after she slept with him, mm-hmm. um, Jason Sudeikis was really drunk. Uh, Mike, right. Mike was really drunk, and he was gonna go off and like kill, uh, right. destroy Seattle. Mm-hmm. He was Korea. his passenger. Korea. Mm-hmm. His passenger is is the guy, mm-hmm. right? So even even if you don't get the metaphor between him enabling right. drunk dragonness, yeah. they show it on screen. Yeah, they literally show it. They yeah. show it on screen. Yeah. They literally show it. Yeah. So so it's good stuff, man. It's really yeah. really. Good stuff as far as like the analogy with the thought with the just the sure ballsy attempt. Because if you if you're just a casual movie fan where you're just a fan of movies, you're watching these different like uh, what you, you watch a kaiju movie right one day, right. and then a few days later you watch like a like a romantic comedy like a Sandra Bullock kind of a movie and stuff like that. You would never leave these two kind of genres and stuff like that. You right. know what I mean? And the third thing is the tone. You wouldn't watch like a, a Manchester by the Sea kind of an independent gritty small town sh- sh- uh, human story. And then you wouldn't watch these different kind of genres, and you wouldn't dare or even think about mixing these. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really good stuff. Really good yeah. stuff. It's like it is like a mashup, but it, you can also say it's genre defining mm-hmm. or defying actually. Sure. But at the same time, like you said earlier, they're still really true to what yeah. they are. Which you know? is yeah, which is important. That's the thing about uh, what's called mixing genres or all, all all that good stuff is like you can kind of you can exp- you can kind of 
uh, expand it on, torque it, break it apart, deconstruct it, and stuff. But at the end of the day, you still kind of have to stay true to it. You know what I mean? You, if you do a kaiju movie, you do need Asian people looking up in the giant sky, and go, you know, ah, ah, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. but, but but speaking of the Asian people, okay, mm-hmm. in this movie, they are relegated to background characters sure. that are getting killed. Mm-hmm. You know, we we complain on this show about how there's not enough Asians. Oh, but but to be fair, you don't actually see them killed. They talk about people being killed. They don't true. Actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Like okay, on this show, we complain about how there's not enough Asians in movies in the first place. And this movie, there's a lot of but they are relegated to people sure. that are going to get trampled on by mm-hmm. a giant monster. And in a way, once again, with the whole allegory thing, if you really think about it, it is like a social commentary about the way we see things. Like, yeah. um, you know, I'm going to go go in and quote the director because he goes, Nacho! Uh, he goes, uh, let's make a kaiju film in which we are talking about lack of empathy because some people care about what happens far from home while some people don't care that much. Yeah. You know, so in a way, this kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, we like to see that we like... We we, we we feel horrified by what's the, the what's happening around the, the world mm-hmm. or across the country or right. somewhere else besides where you live. Right. But you really only care about yourself and your mm-hmm. surroundings. Yeah. You know, and this kinda shows that as well. Yeah. That's the only one part of the movie that really didn't even though he's talking about it right here, he's, he's conscious of it. That's the one part of the movie that kinda didn't connect home for me and stuff like that. Or that's part of the satire or right. didn't really make for example, just like when it first happened, when you first when everybody realizes there's a kaiju monster in South Korea, she calls the the boyfriend, the British boyfriend, a uh, beast from Beauty and the Beast. He, right. <laughs> she, she she talks to him about it, and then he says, "Oh, that happened nine 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 hours ago. Why are you talking about it now?" It's just that that dialogue would never rang true and stuff like that. It, it was very subtle, right? I, I think I think if the director and writer was gonna mix the the, the whole genres together, that mm-hmm. was probably the aspect that it was very subtle about. Right. That one was a lot more obvious. This was a little bit more subtle. You have to like kind of dig into it and yeah, actually see it. I, yeah, I feel like that element by itself is worthy of a, a, an entire movie by itself. You know, right. what I, you know what I mean? So I, that's the one part that really didn't connect with me. Like, every time they had people in the bar scenes where they kind of talk about. Um, uh, this happening in South Korea and stuff like that. It just it never rang true to me as far as their reaction to it and stuff like that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, like I said, it's it's very subtle. It, it, seems, yeah. it seems strange to me. Again, I don't want. It's one of those things like when you think about it after the fact, right? You know, that kind of thing. And like, oh, like if you think about the movie, it's like, oh, that's right. It, 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 there is that commentary as well. Yeah, and I know it's probably conceit, but I do. I did kept thinking if it keeps happening in South Korea, why don't they just leave South Korea? Just get out. It's like it's like the, it's like the ghost story in in horror movies. Like just get out of the house. Just, well, that go. was kind of the thing, right? In the very beginning, they were evacuating it, mm-hmm. and then when they re- once they realized oh, yeah, the, the, that the ro- she was a friendly monster, <laughs> right. you know, I was like, oh, okay, we were okay with him being around. Her, I like to think, no matter what, I, I would not, now would not think uh, there's a such thing as a friendly monster like 500 feet. In there. But you <laughs> know, I, I want I want to point it out. Yep. The one scene where she wrote down in Korean, "I'm sorry, oh, this yeah, happened. Yeah. It won't happen again." Yeah. Wow! I mean, that's a that's a free like. Oh my god, they actually went that way too. Like, yeah, and also I like the fact that inside the movie they kind of they do uh, they do like a stopgap where they do kind of a, a screen junkie themselves to honest trailer because you do realize uh, what do you call it the scene after Tim Blake Nelson mentioned something like oh when the when the Korean store that that you asked. About writing Korean, wouldn't he? Wouldn't the Koreans in the? Oh in the yeah, story? yeah. Like wonder why? Like, like hold on, I wrote that. <laughs> yeah. So they tried to in, internal in the movie internally try to fix a plot point. You know what I mean? They try right. to fix a, a a plot hole and stuff like that. So yeah. We well, we basically basically like we asked him a bunch of other phrases yeah. as well. Oh okay, all right, you fine. I thought that was a little bit meta. No, you're right. I, I didn't think about Honest Trader, but you're right. If Honest Trader was doing this and they they didn't have that, yeah. they would ask. They would sure. point that out. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know. 
So yeah, in a way, she becomes like almost like a mascot for Soul Kid. So for Seo at that point, right? And 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 that's why people were like more relaxed. Oh, here here she is. Yeah. But of course, she's also avoiding showing up as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 going back to the whole commentary about like people who don't really care what happens across the across the world, she cared. Right. She's like I killed these people. Yeah. But she can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So here's the question: If you were in their position, would well, you? Well, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. There was a, there w- there's another thing where they kind of fix a a, a potential plot hole. Right in the movie, because right when she realizes, oh, she's uh, she's controlling this monster, you do kind of realize, oh, that's an easy fix. You don't have to go to the, back to that park then. You know what I mean? If you're right. not, if it happens in this park magically, just don't go back to the park. And that's when they introduce the robot. He's he he's part he is he controls the robot. He so so she has to go back. So I thought it was, I thought that was really good. That's really clever. That's really yeah. smart. That is, that's, that is the right. That is a very clever way for them giving a reason for it to go back. Yeah, okay. that is Sorry. that is true. That mm-hmm. is true. So, so here's the question. If you were in their position, mm-hmm. I know Jason Sudeikis, Mike said, like, like, who would believe you? The point is that you could easily prove it. Sure. Right? The way she proved it to her friends, the bar, her bar friends, uh, you could prove it to a cop, mm-hmm. and then the cop could prove it to an FBI person. The FBI person could be to the military. It's easily provable. But the thing is, though, is that would you? No. I think that's – I didn't really think about it that much because, like I said, this is, that, I think that's the one conceit you have to give – that's, that's, right. that's one of those conceits you have to give to filmmakers that it's within this movie or this uh, – her controlling thing. It's within this group of, what, f- three or four friends? Yeah. I think that's, I, I think that's a legitimate but conceit. I, I think it's actually more believable, actually. Mm-hmm. If I found out I killed like a couple of thousand people in South yeah. Korea, and yes, I will feel guilty about it. The point is, is that – would you would you, would I really tell somebody no, about it? No, no. I wouldn't. I you know, I think at best I might tell a priest a yeah. confession. No, I, I don't think <laughs> I tell anybody because I think that, that opens up a whole can, a can of worms. Like, oh, I've seen ET Dexter stories. I know what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. You tell somebody the FBI. I've seen X Files. I know what happens next. They come back. They grab me. They decide to dissect me. They take, they take my balls. <laughs> they take my balls. Take my brain out. Decide to dissect me, man. That's what happens next. I, I know what's up. Yeah, but I don't but, think I was saying. But going back to the whole uh, the uh, allegory about alcoholism mm-hmm. is like you know you did something wrong. Right, but at the same time, you don't want to exactly get caught either. Exactly, you wake yeah. up the next morning, your house is all disheveled. You have to the a dead hooker in the bathtub. You go, do I, what happened? Do I, what, what happened? Do I, right. do I do I do I tell somebody? Do I, what, what happens? What's my what's my responsibility for? What's the responsibility of a person who is uh, what do you call it? who when when the shit happens is not in this right state of mind? You know what I mean? They're not quote unquote conscious of it you know what I mean so yeah right I mean in, in a third perspective you, you kind of want them to take responsibility mm-hmm. you know you gotta like submit to your crimes kind of thing right. but in but, an ideal world yeah. but this movie is in their perspective it's in the perspective of the, the person who has the alcoholism problem mm-hmm. you know and, and yeah it, there's no like triple uh, A double A for yeah. anonymous meeting for a monster <laughs> exactly. kaiju thing and know, oh, so. oh so we should mention the allegory of like being in an abusive relationship too Repeat, yes. repeating itself in cycles and stuff like you're trying to get out but the person kind of sucks you back in blackmails you back in and stuff like that that's another part of the, the allegory in, in this movie too right I mean so. they had a whole scene about it where, where Jason Mike, Mike was all like I'm going to be doing the most stupidest thing I could possibly do in this bar mm-hmm. And she's still gonna stay with me. Yeah, I mean that was dark, man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I, I, just just her reaction, just Anne Hathaway's reaction was like, yeah. holy crap, there's yeah. no escaping this. Yeah, it's. I mean, the thing is, the allegories and the the, the metaphors, they're subtle and they're really just up, up in your face too. You know what I mean? They yep. try, they they don't hide anything. You know what I mean? It's really good. It's really like I said. This goes back to the whole idea. Of this writer director, it's really well gutsy. thought out. Yeah, really thought out. Really yeah. gutsy to to do all this. Like, like even going with Beast, you know. At first, you can think like, "Well, he cares about her. He mm-hmm. he 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 wants to make sure that she can take care of herself. Mm-hmm. That she sh- she should not be a drunk mess kind of mm-hmm. thing." Mm-hmm. And 
just on the superficial level, yeah, the guy cares. But yeah. he's almost like Mike. He's also kind of like he wants to be the person telling her, "Hey, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm right." Yeah, he's that kind of a boyfriend. Yeah, and, and that's also another form of abuse. Yeah, and enabling and shooting and stuff like that. You know, he in the beginning he says, "You get out." You know, I can't handle you. And but he still tethers. I mean, yep. he's as his, as a connection with her. You know, he could ignore those phone calls. He could ignore those emails and stuff like that. He didn't have to come down from New York and stuff like that. Right. So he is an enabler too and stuff like that. You know, so yeah, so it's it's good stuff. It's really well, good. enabler is one word, but I, I think it's more of the possessive thing. Sure, he likes being in a position where he gets to tell somebody, "Oh, you're wrong." Well, because he's a snooty British guy. He's just, <laughs> I think I think that's your thing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So and then at the very end, um, oh, the, another aspect that we didn't really talk about. Some mm -hmm. some reviewers have talked about mm -hmm. is the whole feminism aspect. Mm -hmm. Do you consider this a feminist movie? No, not really. Honestly. Yeah, I, me I, neither. Not yeah. really. It's more. Uh, it's really more about the abuse situation and the alcoholism mm -hmm. more than that. Yeah, because I to me, I think you could have gender swapped uh, Anne Hathaway's and character. Like, yeah, you know, what I, mean? I don't think it would make that much of a difference. I understand that. The, I understand maybe where they they think that in the sense that oh, in, in, at the end she becomes uh, self fulfilling. She she feels uh, what, empowered and stuff like that. You know what I mean? She's control of that monster and the relationship and stuff like that. But like I said, I didn't find it specifically feminist. I think, like I yeah. said, you could have gender swapped her. Yeah. With a, with a guy, I think it would have been the same thing. I think the alcoholism or that analogy is a stronger analogy of the two. You know what I mean? No, I, I agree. I you agree. I, mean? I, I can see why people uh, will gravitate toward the feminism angle because of the if whole. She was, if, if Hathaway was paid like one third of what Jason Dickens played, then then it'd be something different. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, because first off, she's the victim of the abusive relationship. Sure. Right. So you you can see people gravitate toward the whole feminism angle because mm -hmm. well, she's the woman. Mm -hmm. You know. You know. You, eventually, she's gonna fight back. Mm -hmm. Feminism. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, the the problem with you going that direction is that. Once again, by the end of the movie, she hasn't really completely taken responsibility for her own actions. Yeah. And it's just almost like a slight against feminism. So that doesn't mean that a woman can get away with stuff and not have yeah. to worry about it. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why it's not really a feminist movie. It's just, yeah. it's just a relationship movie, abuse movie, an alcoholism movie. Right. And um, did you get an idea of what she was doing when she went to Seoul at the very end? Uh, I knew she was going to go to Korea. The things that I saw coming, for sure, I saw coming was I knew she didn't go. She wasn't going to go with Mike back to New York. I knew she was going to. I mean Korea. Tim. Huh, Tim. I'm sorry, yeah. Tim. And then I knew she was going to Korea. I didn't know she. The reason why she wasn't going to Korea was because she realized the inverse was true. Like if she was on the uh, on the flip side of that of that uh, that the whole thing where she she would show up as a big monster in Korea. I didn't. I did not. Yeah, I didn't see that coming yeah, either. I didn't see that uh, coming. It was almost like a one second shot of the map. Right. If you didn't catch it. You're you're going in blind. Why she's going to Korea? To right. South Korea, mm -hmm. and it, I thought it was pretty ingenious. Actually, so when she looked did. at the map, she just realized if if it's the the inverse was true. If she's right. small in America, she's big in Korea. So the opposite is true. If she's small, in Korea, well, she's it, big it was in her his, theory. Is that, and it, that's tur it turned out to be true? Right. The, the, the problem with that scene though is that as as the monster, is she able to see? Mike down there is she able right, to exactly. hear him talk back at her? I don't think she could. I don't think she could either. Yeah, which is kind of weird because I mean the whole time she couldn't because she needed the phone to like see what she, what's going on, right. right? So that that's a slight plot hole. Yeah, is either or she was just assuming that she did what she did. Right. Yeah, because remember in the in the opening of the movie, it, she took a long. It took a couple of days for her to map out like uh, what it was. Uh, uh, I mean. Yeah, it took a while to map out what the park was in relation to where the neighborhood was in Korea. Maybe, 
So you would think she needs some time to orient herself when she was right. in Korea. You know what I mean? Like how but, how would she know Mike's exactly down there to yeah. grab him? She's like, what if she's like, you know, <laughs> those little kids were walking to school pretty close to Mike. What if she's like grabby little kids and stuff like that? You know what I mean? But yeah, that's uh, I'm gonna follow that. The under- only thing I can think of is that she looked at the robot and they go, okay, if he's in that position, yeah. then he must be over here, which I guess is not the plot hole because she's looking at the robot as sure. a marker. But at the same time, it's yeah. still kind of iffy, right? I'm gonna. F- I'm gonna file that under. Give that as a conceit. Just give it. Just give it to the movie. That's and not only that, but yeah. in our perspective, we hear Mike call her, uh, you a know, bitch, yeah. a bitch and all that stuff. In her perspective, she probably never even heard it. Yeah. Yeah, but she. Mu- you assume she must have heard it somehow because you would. Say, I don't think she would have. Because because uh, didn't she hesitate to th- uh, uh, about squeezing him to death or throwing him away? Didn't, wasn't it a hesitation? And then once he heard he quote unquote hears the bitch part, he, that's when she throws her. Right, away. but I think that's just that's just for our benefit, yeah, as opposed to her benefit. Yeah. Either way, she he gets tossed and, and right. thrown into the sea. And yeah. What if he gets What if he gets thrown into North Korea? What if North Korea sees that sees that as a sign of aggression? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, oh my god, holy crap. Well, the thing is, though, is that th- doesn't the robot disappear yeah, after a certain point? Through, yeah. You know, that it's, not one of the, it's not one of those cartoon things where you throw something off in the distance and you see the boom, <laughs> the yeah. mushroom cloud. And, stuff and like we don't even see the follow-up in America where, where like, suddenly yeah. this guy gets lifted up by the monster and whatnot. It's which is fine. Which is, like, it is a conceit. It's, it's a conceit. conceit. So and I also like the fact that at the very end when she goes to the Korean bar, mm-hmm. you know, she goes like, oh, do you want a drink? And then she looks to the right because you realize that she's not out of the woods yet. Of course, yeah. She still has to understand that it's her uncle is in that got her into this mess sure. in the first place, which is true. Which is of course true in real life. In real life, you know, yeah. alcoholism is a, it's a lifelong affliction. It's, it's not like you just oh you have this grand adventure involving Koreans and robots. You get you get free of alcoholism and stuff like that. It's yeah. a constant thing. And, stuff. and some people can can cut cold turkey, and some people can't. Right, it's all, it's yeah. all relative. It's and I do like how that ends. If it ends, you wondering. Okay, it's a good ending. It's yeah. a strong ending. It's yeah. a strong ending. It's, it's a, a good strong. strong. Ending. One of the things that Kevin Smith always says is like you have, you need a strong beginning, and you have to you have a you need a strong ending to your movie and stuff. That's a good ending. It's a really, really strong ending. The only thing I didn't like about the another thing I didn't like about the ending is like you see the fight between Sudeikis and Hathaway, but you you see it a little bit through that one guy, the young guy's perspective. Oh right, right. That's the only thing I didn't really understand. Why did they needed him still? You know what I mean? He's sort of there at another bar looking at the fight, and then he sees. Um, Anne Hathaway in Korea taking care of it. I don't know why he is. He supposed to be a substitute for the audience. He he feels like oh she's more in control of the, her monster or whatever and stuff. I I never understood why. I, I think that 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 that, that would have been a stronger scene if Tim Blake Nelson's character was with sure, him. Sure, yeah. Because it's in a way like I said the whole subtle commentary here. He is also a victim of Mike. You're right. Right. And he realizing oh he's dead now. Right. I don't have to. We don't have mm-hmm. to like submit to him anymore. It's it's because right. he he kind of smiled right he kind of right. smiled like oh it's over yeah but I, my whole thing is like it's not really his movie and stuff like that I no it's not I understand it's a four for it's almost a four person play almost four, right. four or five person play and the two leads are Sudeikis and Hathaway but I, I I didn't really need like it's not like at the end of the movie I was like oh what happened to the guy he she slept with like I did I was not like, I was like craving his resolution like I didn't really give a rat no out. well I think but I think it's also to our benefit in a way because mm-hmm. I mean the one he wanted to show that that they also know. Because mm-hmm. he's probably going to tell Tim Blake Nelson's character, like, oh, sure. this happened, you know? Really, so, I, I mean, I, but really I think, I think it's just, to, to, you know, it's a little bit to tidy up the plot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it's really for, do anything for me, yeah, though. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. But I, I, I thought it was, it was nice that, that we, did, we, did, we, did, we did get to see some kind of repercussions mm-hmm. or uh, reaction from, from that angle. Overall, I give this movie a B plus, and if I had a choice, if it was up to me, I'd give it a best screen, original screenplay nomination. What do you think of that? 
I would like to see it, but then yeah. it depends on if the, the Academy will actually like go out to watch this movie. It's ballsy, man. It's a ballsy screenplay. You look at the screenplay on paper, you go, what the fuck are you talking about? Get the fuck yeah. out of my office. I'm not making this movie. Get out. Get out. I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for, for the script. You know, people complain about originality. Well, this is original. Yeah. You know, and it still has the geek factor that. in it, too. Mm-hmm. It has the dramatic factor in here. And all the and Jason Sudeikis playing the good guy turned bad guy thing yes. was fantastic. That's Anne good. Hathaway, uh, her her performance here as somebody who is kind of trapped in the relationship, but at the same time, also responsible for what's going on with her life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just, I thought it was just really well made. It's good. it's good. It's really good. It's really strong. Like, yeah, it's really strong. I mean, um, now, I guess I should, before we end this, I should I should disclose that that I am an investor for for this company called Legion M. Legion M is a found a fan owned company. You know, basically, uh, fans give this company the money. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not it's not a weird deposit. We're giving the money to this company mm-hmm. who are supposed to cater to us. It's like its own uh, uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of like a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, so it's a mini IPO right now, mm-hmm. um, and I think the buy in right now in WeFunder is a hundred bucks. Legion M uh, helped with the the PNA for this movie, which is mm-hmm. the prints and advertising, mm-hmm. right? So whenever you see like a banner in a movie theater mm-hmm. that has colossal in it, that's us. Oh, right. Now we're not actually credited in the movie because this sure. is the after the movie part, of course. You know, so but you will see our logo in those posters and banners, kind of. Oh, thing. right. So, so so there's that. Oh wait, is Legion M? But are they somehow linked to the production company, which is Neon? Okay, the reason why I mentioned this, I don't know if you saw the news, but you know, Neon just signed a distribution uh, agreement with uh, Hulu. Hulu is going to distribute all their uh, movies when it comes to, when it, after it leaves the theater and stuff. It, it has exclusive streaming rights. So I don't oh. know if you guys get a piece of that. No, I, I, I don't think so. I think, I think, it's, I think it's because let's say we, we did P&A. I mean, we, yeah. were, we already paid for our job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like people in, in the... In the Computer graphics industry, who they make special effects for movies, sure. they get paid for the job, but they don't get the profits after mm-hmm. what the movie makes. So in, in a way, that it's, we're kind of there. So to learn more about Legion M, go to thelegionm.com. Oh. And the last thing I want to mention regarding the movie is, did you see the your your screening had the five little mini movies in, in the beginning too, right? Five mini movies? You didn't see it wasn't part of it. The f- the five things with the cell phone and everything, like five little short films. It wasn't uh, part of it, really. That's, that's interesting. Mine had it. Mine after all the regular trailers, uh, sort of like you know all the after the regular trailers. Okay. They're like these little five short films from uh, Neon and stuff like that about uh, cell phones, modern, modern technology. It's one of those. It's like really, they're like almost like a minute, and, but it's like five of them consecutively, and then the characters from each one bleeds into the other one. For example, the first short film is like uh, I think it's like uh, a mom, a mom, daughter, and son. The mom and daughter go, wants to go to a museum. The son doesn't want to go. He says, oh, he wants to stay home and, and do homework. But he, once they leave, he turns on uh, Pornhub and stuff like that. He starts watching porn. But the, 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 her, his cell phone is cast to the, to the car that the, the, the mother and daughter are driving. So they're listening into him watching porn. And then it's, it's you know, comedy, hilarity. And the next short film is the daughter doing like a selfie at the museum but it's like a selfie in front of like a genocide memorial so that goes viral and that leads to the next film that w- none of this sounds familiar nope oh alright fair enough it's okay. really funny it's I, really had, fun. I had to look out for that yeah it's really fun it's really fun I did a search on YouTube and apparently I can't find it okay but it's really so. fun though. it's very fun though okay uh, I'll be in, is it only for neon movies though yeah because I think probably it, I think so it's gotta be for neon movies because yeah it I wonder if they added it in for the wider release because you saw it in, in its wider release yeah, I, saw, yes, I saw it when it was still limited gotcha so maybe, maybe, that's maybe that's the difference mm-hmm. or it could be the theater you AMC or uh, Harkin 
Okay, and then I went. I went on the AMC. Yeah, so but it's definitely associated with Neon. I remember their logo being at the beginning, at the end of these little short films. All right. So yeah, colossal. It, it's probably going to be in my uh, top ten of the year. Arguably, yes, most likely. I, th- I think not because be. I'm biased. <laughs> I think it's a good movie. I don't know if it, if if you give me a top twenty, I think it'd be somewhere in the top twenty. I think. It depends, right. on the, it depends on the year. It depends on the year, though. It's a good movie, though. Yeah, it's but good. it is a good movie, mm-hmm. and I and I really wish people would know more about this movie. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, it, the advertising is there. It's just that most people they look for the blockbusters. So. I honestly, I think it's one of those movies people will find definitely on streaming. I think people will talk about this movie in the, in the months and kind of years to come. I think it's gonna be one of those cult movies. It's good. I think that's my guess. Yep, agree. And on that note, thanks for listening. My name is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at albert5x5. You can also find me on my non-spoiler written movie review blog, I Saw That Movie Blog. And you can also find me on the other podcast, The Stuff and Junk Show, which our next episode, we are going to do our summer movie draft for 2017. Right on. Cool. And this is John You can find me on Twitter, J-I-A-M-I-N-G-L-I-O-U. You can send comments to who, what, where's, why at gmail.com via our Facebook page or to the website. To show your support, all you got to do is share the show with people you know. Uh, you can also go to iTunes, give us a rating, that helps. Give us a review, that helps even more. Uh, if you want to further, further support us, we, all, we do have a merchandise store at Zazzle. You know, buy a shirt, buy a mug. You can also make a pledge over at Patreon. At our Patreon page, you will get our exclusive podcast, extra stuff, extra spoils. Music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found on whowhatwhereswhy.com. Uh, you recently saw Fast and Furious. Uh, yes, Fast I was Furious. just about to bring it up. Fate and Furious. Uh, mm-hmm. Since you weren't in the Let's previous just episode. Fast 8. <laughs> Fast 8. Fate, Fate. Fate of the Furious is a, <laughs> just a dumb, pompous uh, name. It's just so really quick, tell me your thoughts of the movie. My thoughts on the movie is, uh, what do you call it? Justice for Han, of course, and Justice for Wonder Woman, actually. And yeah. people, people forget Wonder Woman got killed. As a, re- as a re- direct result of Sean, the, the, the one brother, right? And then right. my other thing is, I mean, people have talked about this movie. I mean, people know what it is. It's fun. It's good. I liked it a lot. But the thing I found, my two th- couple of things I found interesting was uh, personal stuff, actually, or behind-the-scenes stuff. So you know Rock shit-talked uh, Vin Diesel yes. after he rapped principal photography, right? Yes, but did. as I was watching, I noticed something really interesting. They weren't in any scenes together. There were three potential scenes for them to be together, but I don't think they were on the, on the set together. The way it was shot, it's foreground, background. I think they could have edited it in. I don't think they did any scenes together, The Rock and Vin Diesel. So that's why I think their beef has been going on for like three or four years, whenever, whenever Fast Five came out. So I think The Rock has had a problem with Vin Diesel since Fast Five. And I think the reason why he shit-talked Vin Diesel after this movie is because I think he's sticking up for the crew and the director who had to put up with Vin Diesel's shit. Because I don't think they had any scenes together. Not at all. That's huh. one thing. Hmm? Okay, no, I, I never even thought about that. But yeah, okay. you, if you ever watch it again, look at the way the three scenes where they're together, supposedly quote-unquote together. Look at the way they're shot. They're not in the same scene together. If you look at the last scene where they had that barbecue scene, if you look at it, they're not in the same shot together. So I don't think they were on the same set at wow. any point in this movie. Of course, there's scenes that might be deleted, cut out, but I think they, they were on the set together. That's number one. Number two, if you want to kind of see, kind of like get an idea of what kind of person Vin Diesel is and what kind of person The Rock is, look at the introductory scenes. The introductory scene for the Vin Diesel was just so self-absorbed, so pompous. <laughs> it's like, oh my, is he a samurai? Is he a priest? He's like, he, every, t- every five minutes, he, like, you see a Cleon? Every five seconds, he's talking about honor. He's talking about this and that. It's like, oh, family. And then he always makes himself to look, out, look like a sort of sex symbol, like Michelle, where you just can't get, can't, can't get enough of him. It's like, 
stop it. And also, that scene makes Cubans look really dumb, too. There's a car on fire driving backwards to you. Why don't you get the fuck out of the way, you stupid Cubans? <laughs> okay, that's number one. Number two, so the introductory scene for The Rock. The Rock is self-effacing. He's funny. He's charming. You think he's a big action set, but he's about his daughter and the soccer team. He's just out there having fun. So that's another, that's another impression I got. Then the third thing is, I like what, I think mostly this movie is saved by Everybody except Vin Diesel and Scott Eastwood. Everybody else is charming. The director's really good. He, the director introduced these sci-fi elements with the zombie cars, the, the, the Shaw brothers uh, flying into the plane with this helipad kind of thing. You know what I mean? There's some really nice stuff that he got introduced to. And then what else is there? And it's a good movie, though. It's a strong movie. So I'll, I'll it's a strong it. movie? It's, I, liked it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was okay. I, thought, I think it's probably the second Whoa. best Fast Furious movie after Whoa. Five. Five, I think, is legitimately a great movie. Five is the best. Is the yeah. best. Is yeah. the best. I didn't think much of seven. Six, I thought was okay. This one is is a lot. Of fun. I like this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think yeah. I think part of the part of that is because of Charlize. Charlize actually really makes the movie really a lot too. Yeah, she's, yeah, really, she's good. really really good. She out, goes, out, of, out of the villains, she is probably arguably the best. She's a she's she's a like a rock star act, actress and stuff like that. You know, right. you know what I mean? Even the movie, the script is kind of failing her. She sells it and stuff like that. Yeah, she's really good. For me, I had a lot of problem with the script. I also kind of had a problem with the fact that a lot of the other characters, like Ramsey, was completely sidelined in the movie. Which one's Ramsey? See, Which see one? the hacker girl. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the girl from uh, what, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know. What I said, but like I said, the thing is, we talk, I've, I, it depends on what you kind of expect. Do I expect like fully developed characters or in, you know interesting story arcs? Not so much. I the reason why I gravitate uh, toward Kurt Russell's character because he's always has a smirk on his face. Because Kurt Russell knows this is stupid. This is dumb. He's only there to have fun. And it seems that. like it. He's yeah. he's the hype man of like what Joseph said. He's the hype man of the movie. Yeah, he's like you know he's not, he doesn't contribute anything to the to the plot except that he's the hype man of the movie. Yeah, hype hype things up, get them. If it's like a video game, he's the guy who kind of explains to you what the next level is. Pretty much. Then he gets the fuck out. You know what oh, I mean? the, the one aspect that, that that before we end this, the one sure. aspect that, that we didn't talk about in last week's episode was the the proposed after credits. You hear about this? No, no. What? Okay, supposedly one of the other producers did uh, a scene where The Rock and Jason Statham mm-hmm. had a scene together. Right. Like they do a little banter kind of sure. thing. And that was going to be the after credits. Oh, okay. Right. Now, um, Vin Diesel, who's also a producer of the movie, yeah. didn't even know that existed. Of course. Right. When he found out that happened. He squashed it. He squashed it. Yeah, he kicked it out from the yeah. movie. So it, that's it, why there's no after credits. It goes to the fact that, like I said, Vin Diesel just formed himself. He He's probably the least important thing about this movie and stuff like that. Yeah, if you look at the... Oh, another good thing that the director does is uh, he made action sequence without cars in this movie really good. Like the jail scene between The Rock and Jason. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. And also, Jason Statham's, uh, what do you call it, uh, scene on the plane with the baby. It's a it's a ripoff, obviously, of John Woo. And, it's uh, not a ripoff. It's a it's an homage, homage sure. for for hard boiled. You, you say homage, I say ripoff of uh, Face Off and uh, Hard. The brothers are called the Shaw Brothers. Yeah. Clearly, the guy clearly they watch All kung right, fu uh, movies. Okay, come on. I'll give it. I'll give it. Uh, I'll give it homage. It's really fantastic though. I, 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 I maybe I'm too harsh on it. It's fantastic though. Those two set action sequences that doesn't involve cars. Fantastic sequences and stuff. Like that. And you can see why they're talking about having Rock and Jason Statham. Uh, what do you call it? Is it all uh, movie together? And the thing is, like I said, every, every like I said, Vin Diesel and Scott Eastwood, these are the two like uh, ch- anchors to this movie because everybody else is they're just having fun, being charming, being funny. They know this is kind of kind of silly, kind of goofy and stuff like that, but they're all there having fun. Even Michelle Rod- Rodriguez, who plays a very serious kind of character and stuff like that, she's there having fun. She's, you know what I mean? It's like, ugh. right? Yeah. Uh, okay. But, but yeah, I, I think the I think the 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 studio heads from Universal. 
probably saw that after credits that that should have been in the movie, mm-hmm. and they go, "No, you're right. We should have it make a movie with just The Rock and and Jason Statham." Yeah, right. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, the thing is, I mean, even uh, though Deckard killed Han, come on, people. It's just, a, it's just a stupid. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other podcast. That's a. That's a 180 retcon, man. It's not only that he killed Han. Like I said, he. I was His thinking, brother killed Gazelle. Yeah, and also, yeah, he, the brother killed Wonder Woman. And the other one is, they also, he, Deckard also married, I mean, not married, he mailed a bomb to the house, right? Mm-hmm. He did that, right? He, he actually did, yeah. Yeah, he, he blew up the house in LA, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if, even if you want to retcon this, at least, at least nobody's going to talk about it. You know, the way, like, yeah. no, the well, Hans, well, well, we're talking about it. Yeah, the, like, but the people no, in, in the movie the, are in not. In the movie, like, <laughs> literally, hey, hey, this guy didn't even mention Han's name in the whole thing. It's like, hey, hey, how about, hey, hey, how about you owe me the, the house insurance? You, you blew up yeah. my house, man. Well, there, there was, there was the, 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 the plot cleanup where, oh. where Kurt Russell goes to, goes to The Rock and mm-hmm. he's like, hey, you've been, you've been uh, pardoned or whatever right. and here's your... They, oh yeah, did they, did they do that to Jason Statham's character? Not really. No. Oh yeah, they retcon it really hard too, man. They, but they do try though. They throw a mother in there. They threw it in the brother of manipulated. Hey, Helen is freaking awesome yeah. in this movie. Apparently, what do you call it? Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Jason uh, Charlie She's like the what do you call it? She's like the background manipulator. She's responsible. She's actually she's really the bad guy. She, you know what I mean? It's I like know. come on. And also, by yeah. the way, oh sorry, one more thing. Shaw also killed every doctor, nurse, security person yep. in the beginning of uh, Fast Seven too. Yeah. So they're, gonna, they're gonna have to explain why those people are all bad guys. <laughs> and also, again, this this also fast fast eight real quick. It has one of my biggest pet peeves in movies. You know what it is? What is? Come on, you know what this is. They tell you they put those. They tell you where the location is, even though literally they say, "Hey, the rock." Oh, the, right. the rock tells Vin Diesel, yeah. "We have to go to Germany. We have to go to Berlin, Germany." The next scene, they tell the on street Germany. <laughs> like no shit. The rock literally just said, "We're going to Germany." Come on, another one. Oh. He's in New York. They literally just flash New York and stuff like that. It's like, come on, man. But it was like they had like the football thing where it's imprinted on the ground. It's, I'm on. not saying the graphic wasn't cool. <laughs> I'll even give them Havana because Havana, you don't shoot that many movies in Havana. But right. Germany, because of the dialogue, New York, because it's New York, you kind of know those places. You don't need Yeah, to. I know. Come on, man. They, wa- they want to show off their little... CG graphics for the, for the title Literally, The card. Rock says we're going to Germany. And <laughs> so the graphic says Germany. It's like, no shit. Mm-hmm. Oh. I hate everybody. We're going to <laughs> we, we gotta go to Russia. <laughs> Russia graphic. I was like, come on, man. It would be funny if they go, I gotta go to Russia. And the next thing you say, United Kingdom. <laughs> I know, like, come on. At least uh, it's just so dumb. It's such a it's such a it's a pet peeve, but it's just so stupid. Yeah, and this movie is okay. It's good. It's really good. <laughs> I I don't think you're giving you're forgiving pre- you're forgiving you're forgiving way too much. F Gary F. Gary, F. Gary Gray. Gray. He's a really good. He's a really good director. Remember, he did a talent job, and this is a nice extension of. A talent of that. job. I also thought it was just okay. Yeah, it's, I think it's a little bit better than okay. okay. I would give this one a, again. If I had to rate it, B plus. Something like that. It's good. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, I'm so angry, man. Why, <laughs> why do you? Hate- I, I gave all the credits I could give to to Fate I under- of the Furious. I, I understand if you edit out Vin Diesel, this would be a better movie. I'll give you that. But still, mm. it's a good movie, though. It's a good movie. All right. On that note, this has been another episode of Spoilers, Please, which is part of the Who, What, Where's, Why Network.